welcome back to another episode of Chess with the Starving Artists. We're here live at the A Life Well Dressed exhibition with Michael Thomas and Laurent Chevalier. Laurent? Laurent? Uh, <laughs> Laurent Chevalier. And we're just doing a live podcast edition today and chatting a lot about Laurent's process into creating this exhibition, some of his inspirations that he pulled from, um, and just diving more into him as a photographer. I do want to thank everybody that has been subscribing and the feedback that I've been getting on the podcast. Very, very well appreciated. Be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes and also follow me on uh, Instagram, on Twitter at creative underscore Ian and on Snapchat Ian underscore CD. And if you have any questions, you guys are looking for any answers, anything that I can help with. I don't have the answers like Sway, but, um, but got I, turban, I got the turban. And uh, <laughs> any way that I can help, I'll help. So I uh, just want to just dive right into the conversation more now, just because time is of the essence. So, Laurent, just tell us a little bit more about yourself, your creative discipline, where you're from. Okay. So I'm originally from Washington State. I was born in Los Angeles. And I moved to New York in 2006 for grad school. So right. I moved to law school. Since about 2003 was when I kind of first picked up a camera with some interest. Yeah. Uh, it was not due to a photo class. It was actually a photo history class. Okay. And at the end, she wanted to do a photo essay because she wanted to kind of apply some of the history we learned. And uh, she actually was, I guess, saw my interest. I was like, I'm borrow one of her cameras. And that was my mm. first kind of like time shooting intentionally and not just like, son, take a picture. You know? Okay. Okay. What type of camera were you shooting with when you picked that up? I wish I could remember, but it was... It kind of shaped where I where I shoot now because it was one of the old fan, like manual film uh, analog cameras that she'd given me, and it was that was still a lot of people were shooting film even just casually like you know disposables or like the little Olympus things. Right. But this was an even older camera, uh, which I think influenced me without me really realizing. But I don't know which kind of was. I wish I could ask him. So when you did that, right? Did that essentially like pique your interest into the world of photography, or did you already kind of have some interest in doing and shooting and, and like dibbling and dabbling into that creative field or was it just like totally new and random and then you were like yo I kind of like this like how did that all happen it was kind of the latter um I think I had an interest which was probably why I took the history of photography class like I, I think I had like you know an art elective I had to take right and I saw that and I was like oh this should, should be interesting but I hadn't really thought about shooting or anything at the time but at the end when she told us we had to do a photo essay I decided I wanted to go to document a day at a nursing home right and so when i did that and spent that day and got the images back that was when i was like, oh, like i actually like this process and this idea okay now you were working in you know the legal profession can you talk a little bit about that and how you balance just kind of like your professionalism and then now getting into your artistry into your creativity and if any of your work you know from a creative perspective if any of that as, I mean, if any of your professional work has influenced any of your creative work, right? I think probably the thinking has sort of infiltrated, but as far as just kind of uh, approaching things with like a problem-solving uh, kind of analytical perspective. But I think I like, I worked hard to kind of keep those two aspects separate. And that is at least for my professional life, like not yeah. letting like my boss know that I was like planning to go out and take pictures. Right. Because I felt like he would think then, well, this guy's not going to be dedicated to it working here in the office, so let me go find somebody else. Right. And you can go take pictures as much as you want. Right. Um, so so I, I definitely worked to kind of keep that on the low, which was kind of a funny thing. And then there were, I guess, two aspects. So some people that maybe met me in a more creative environment or something like that wouldn't know 
that I was an attorney mm. and vice versa. People would meet me at like, you know, the black law association networking thing and like, you know, my suit and stuff and wouldn't ever think that I'd be like walking around the streets with a camera or taking pictures. Yeah. You were a pretty cool looking attorney. I mean, even when I met you, it was just, <laughs> I never would have knew. I was like, all right, that's something in the legal field. And I never really knew. So what type of law were you practicing? I was doing litigation. So basically okay. like civil litigation, um, law like defense, like basically represent people that got sued. So, so now, right. Like what made you essentially leave that and then say, Hey, F it. I'm going to do this photography thing full time. Like F this litigation, F this mediation. Like, <laughs> let me, let me take these pictures. Like what sparked that sort of transition? It was, I guess it was kind of a, a continual path kind of thing. Um, just kind of realizing my, cause I went to school, I went, started law school in 2006, mm -hmm. just when I moved to New York. And so when I came out, it was like right when pretty much everything fell apart financially as far as like the economic thing. Yeah. Um, so it was just like, you know, I got to just like find a job and survive. Right. So I was like, all right, I got to find a legal job. So I found like a kind of crappy one. I didn't like it. So it was, that was just like survival mode. So it was like survival mode for a little while. And then once it kind of like got a little bit more settled and then I was kind of able to think like, okay is this my day-to-day -day for, like, ever? Yeah. Then in my mind, I started thinking, like, well, is this sustainable? And so as time went, I felt like my legal job was less and less sustainable because I just found, I found I had less and less motivation to do the work. And it wasn't that the work was difficult or that I had problems with the work. I just didn't want to do it. <laughs> and then it would look like it was difficult because I wasn't doing it right. <laughs> so I was like, you know, it, before I reach this point to where it's not fair to my employer or myself, I should start trying to figure out how I can, like, leverage my my own desire to move into a better situation where i'm like providing something that's helpful for people using my talents and then not wasting anybody's time yeah yeah how how difficult can you talk a little about how that transition has been has it been a difficult one has it been an easy one did you kind of set yourself up and like set goals you know one of the things we talk about in the earlier episodes of the podcast is goal setting um, and trying to get you know creatives to the place that they want to be so how did you go about making that transition and how has it been so far? I think the biggest thing, I mean, a transition like this, it always has its own tensions. I mean, financially, uh, you know, what am I going to do for work? How am I going to get work? What money is going to come in? Right. And I think that very rarely changes no matter how solidified you are. Yeah. Like, even if you have huge savings, like something will happen that you're not expecting and you'll be in a spot where you're like, all right, I don't have a check coming in every week. I got to figure out what's gonna, what I'm going to do. So I think for me, the biggest... Um, challenge and the biggest thing I had to come to terms with was like my identity it was like I went to school to be a lawyer I spent three years there studied for the months for the bar and people were like oh that's the wrong the attorney and so just like that idea of kind of like separating what I did day to day from my identity as a presentation as a person I think that was probably the first thing I had to really come to terms with whether it was possible for me to move into this new venture and like step away from something and I right. still get people sometimes like why? What are you doing? You took the bar. Why would you ever like not want to use that? Um, and just that was probably the most difficult internal mental transition. Yeah. Okay. So from there, after you, you, you transitioned out and like now, you, would you say it's your full time like doing this photography thing, or are you still dibble and dabble because you got to pay bills? Like, I mean, you know, I dink and dunk, dibble and dabble a little bit in the uh, put my foot in the legal waters. Yeah. To pay the bills, but um, the the uh, the goal. And like I, I see the future of where I'm going, and I know that that won't always be the way it is now. Um, and it's just a matter of kind of walking the path until I get to, not to, not that I get to where I want, but where the uh, the environment that I'm working 
and working towards is conducive to where, where I want to be. Right. Creatively, like you just kind of saying it, right? Like talking about litigation, bless you, Thank talking you. about litigation, talking about um, being sued. A lot of that's like small claims court and stuff like that. I just kind of creatively came to my mind. I'd be like, yo, it'd be dope to like, if you were able to take photographs in court, like, you know, like you'd yeah. be able to like bring that full, that thing full circle and just kind of like have these stories, you know, with like a crazy caption in the court, you know. Um, right before I get kicked out. Right, right. Like that would be that would be a dope like transition or just kind of like a dope story to tell of like, yo, remember that time you sued, son, in like 2011? Like, this is what y'all look like. Like, y'all look crazy, you know, just kind of you look at like documentary photographers and would you say that that's kind of like the photography you do uh, is more docu or what would you kind of classify your photography vertical as? Yeah, I feel like I kind of recently came to a realization that um, what I really like in photography is the ability to tell stories visually. Yeah. Um, and so whether that's through portraits, which I love, you know, getting a chance to create, or the other thing that I really love to do is street photography, like street documentary, basically like life documentary photography. Right. Because it's just, especially in New York, there's so many people always around. <laughs> And we kind of like lead our path, but we're often like kind of insulating ourselves from either interacting or thinking about the other people that we kind of have to get past to get to where we're going. So I like the idea of kind of like, you know, pausing those moments and like giving people a chance to explore the stories of the people going around. So definitely like documentary uh, storytelling is probably my main focus as far as what I like love to shoot. Yeah. And do you shoot digital? Do you shoot film? Do you do both? Do you do your camera phone? Like what's your... What's your weapon of choice, like, since you're a shooter? I have I have both film and digital, but for any personal project or any uh, any project that I want to do for myself, um, I love shooting film. It just kind of makes me, like, slow down, think about whatever moment I'm taking because it's, it's, like, a finite resources. You only have 36 or, you know, frames to capture before you got to start switching things up. And so it just kind of makes me slow down and realize, like, okay, is this something I really want to, like, utilize this resource for right um and then you know i mean i shoot digital when i have to for because you know if i'm hired for something like that and people need to turn around because the digital age has changed people's expectations of what they get and when um so you can't tell anybody like oh you'll get them in two weeks right like but they're right there so but for film i honestly i love film like this whole series that we were able to do here was film and this was actually film that my grandfather gave me so just kind of like that extra level of uh, just process yeah, and just getting a chance to go through that. It's like, that's something I love about it. For film, like when you shoot analog, what do you shoot on? I shoot on, I recently switched to a uh, Leica, mm. which is um, a rangefinder uh, 35 millimeter camera. And uh, I have like a wide lens. So I basically like, I love to walk around the street basically with that and capture these scenes and moments of people like going around. Um, that's like my main, main weapon of choice. Okay, and then for digital, what, what do you use? I have, uh, I'm a Nikon guy, but I'm not like that whole like Nikon versus Canon. I just got Nikon because I had Nikon lenses. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to spend less money if I buy a Nikon. So, yeah. Okay. Okay, so let's, let's transition and talk a little bit more about why we're here, right? So how did you link up with Michael? You guys are the, the co-creators, co-founders of this series of Life Will Dress. So how did you guys meet each other? And, and even, can you talk about after you met, like how did you guys say, hey, we're gonna do this thing together, this series, this exhibition? Well, we had worked together previously because when he was starting his company and his first line, he uh, had his like, ties and everything. And he had to sue somebody. And he had to sue somebody. So, <laughs> uh, thankfully, no. Okay. Lost his this one. Okay. Um, so we were able to link, because I was able to shoot his first lookbook. 
Okay. And it, he respected the film process because at that time I didn't have a digital camera. Mm. And I was like, hey, man, I mean, it would be cool if we worked together, but to let you know, you're not going to have the images tomorrow. You have to wait. You got to wait a little bit. And it's like, it's going to have a certain look. It's going to have a certain feel. And he was really, he was actually not only supportive, but like he really liked that idea. Yeah. So we were able to do that, that uh, lookbook, which was, I think came together really well. And so then just, you know, keeping in contact, we were like, yeah, you know, like that was cool and our visions aligned. So we wanted to figure out what we were going to do next. So he'd already started the series hmm. with a few people. And then we were just talking about it. He was telling me about it. And we both kind of at a similar moment, we're like, maybe we should link up on this thing. Right. And uh, yeah, that's how this like, came to be. Basically, it's been over uh, definitely months, but okay. uh, that was how it started. So can you tell us a little bit about like, you see, uh, and you guys that are listening, you guys should definitely go and look up the hashtag uh, A, what is it? A-L-W-D-N-Y. A-L-W-D-N-Y or A-L-W-D. I know there's some on both of those. Um, so can you talk a little bit about the process of how this kind of came to life, right? So you guys met, he had already been doing this. You shot some of his, some film for his previous lookbooks. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about doing this series here, right? And I think you said that there's nine gentlemen that is on this wall and nine portraits. Can you talk a little bit about like what the process is to make it happen? Like what his creative process and how he wanted to do it mm-hmm. since he's been doing it for a little bit. And how your creative pro- process aligned and, and came together to mesh and, and really put together like a beautiful project it was through that realization of loving number one process yeah and the idea of going through a process to create and reach an ultimate like you know culmination of something and the idea of stories right so we both we both realized that we love to tell stories through different ways and he was doing it through these interviews i was doing it through the photography so we wanted to link those up and find people that we felt number one like had a cool sense of style but more importantly were like doing something interesting and understanding like the background and the foundations of what makes them and then having a chance to capture that in a way that displayed a sense of their personality and like their who they were that would match up with how they talked about who they became who they are okay so we see these beautiful people on the wall can you tell us a little give us a little bit more context right so everybody's going to go look up the hashtag a l w y d oh wait a l w d yeah ALWD and ALWDNY, tell us a little bit more about the project and what it is and your role creatively and what Michael's vision was and how you guys are able to just kind of get to this point, right? We see these beautiful, beautiful prints and what sort of film did you use as well? Can you talk a little bit about this series, the film you used? Yeah. And just kind of your role, Michael's role. Yeah, so this was, um, so this is actually slide film, which is instead of getting a negative, you get a positive image. Right. Um, so we actually, so I, this is film that my grandfather bought. My grandfather was a photographer. He gave me a bunch of equipment. That's a ago, win. Gave me a bunch of film and just kind of like, he expressed his belief in me, which helped kind of move me forward. So yeah, so this is positive film. So we basically scanned that in and then had it digitally printed because you can't buy the positive paper anymore, really. Right. Um, but the people that we have in it are, some of them were people we already knew personally that we were saying like, all right, this would be a cool guy to hear about his foundation. And then other people were more like aspirational content. Like we were able to reach out to Mr. Smalls mm-hmm. of the Cecil and he was, we sat down with him and started talking to him and it was great. He just told us all these stories and all these foundations of who, who he was and how he became to the, the place where he is now. Yeah. And uh, it was a mix of, you know, knowing people that were already doing great things and then finding people that we wanted to find out more about. What do you think about the results? How are you feeling? overall about the project how are you feeling even about that process right like did you reach what, what sort of challenges did you face in the middle of it 
Well, some of the challenges were, I mean, this is old film, so sometimes I'd think that I'd had, like, I was like, man, a good shot right there. And then I'd get it back, and it was, like, distorted, or it was, like, blurry, or I didn't, I thought I had, like, eight images to choose from, and there, like, two came out. Mm. So then I'm like, oh, shoot, uh, is this going to work? Um, so there were a couple moments like that, and especially some people we knew we could reach back out to and connect with, but some other people were, like, the aspirational context. We don't want to keep pestering them and coming back like, hey, remember we spent two hours with you? Let me show up to your house again. Right. Um, so that was that was definitely a bit, bit stressful. And then just trying to figure out the presentation. You know, uh, this is the first time I've been able to show like a collection of my own work in a more formal uh, environment. And so just kind of figuring out like how that works and the elements that we wanted to use, both physically and then like you know financial constraints. Yeah. Um, those are definitely like some of the challenges. Hmm. But ultimately, I'm like very happy with how it came together. Yeah. And just getting a chance to share with people and like have people like ask me about how it came together, the vision that we were able to partner up to create and that sort of thing. Yeah, what would you, that's a, those are the challenges. What would you say is like the highlight of, of the process and the highlight now of this, this, this kind of being done or right now being done for this phase of it? I think the highlight is just like seeing it come together. Like, you know, the first, I think the first person who shot was Donald Weber. And that was, I mean, that was months ago. And it was, it still seemed very like kind of a nebulous thing. We weren't, we didn't have a space to show it. Hmm. Um, we weren't sure like, you know, if we were even going to show it. But we just wanted to, like, the idea of just kind of taking that step and going, all right, we're just going to start creating something together. Um, so just to go from that point where I'm talking to him, and he's like, oh, man, so what are you guys going to do with this? I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know? But to see that and then just kind of keep pushing and keep going forward, and then have it all come together to where I can share it with a lot of people and have them all see it. And just, like, you know, seeing your work on a wall is pretty dope. Yeah. You know, and the, Shout out to Spike Lee. You know, we yeah. Got some brothers on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the first time that you have shown any of your work, like from a public perspective and like in a sort of gallery and exhibition space? And yeah. Yeah. I was in the group show, like maybe two group shows, but this is the first time I've had a chance to really show like a collection of my work. So when people walk in and they look at all the art, it's like my stuff, which is a strange moment because then after I put them up, I'm like, are people going to like this? Right. You know? Right. Um, but it feels, it feels good to just do it. And then, Hopefully this is the first of many. You know. Okay. How long is the exhibition running here at, uh, how do we say the name of the space? Uh, La Maison d'Art. La Maison d'Art. How, how long is the exhibition running? I think it's going to be up till Monday, actually. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure what their hours are tomorrow, but I believe you should be able to come by and check it out. Okay. So that's well. today is, is May 21st. So Monday, I think, is the 23rd. So yep. if I can get this episode up in time, you guys <laughs> might have time to, to check that show. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what would you say just in terms of, right, you come out of, like, the legal profession, mm -hmm. now you're pursuing your creativity full-time and still, like, dabbling just to kind of be a responsible adult and pay the bills right. uh, back into to the, legal, to the legal field. What would you say, and do you have any words for anybody that's wanting to become and pursue their creativity full-time, whether they are a fellow photographer, whether they're a musician, whether they're a writer, whether they're a director? You know, what sort of things would you just kind of would you help them with to say like, hey, you can do this and this is possible? Um, I think the biggest thing is just, just making concrete uh, steps forward in something, whether it's like, you know what, I'm going to make sure I'm definitely creating something consistently and then making sure I'm always at least attempting to share it somehow, some way. Because, um, you know, a lot of times I think people, especially if you're living this quote-unquote like double life, you might end up creating something and, you know, you say you write like a screenplay, but then you're like, ah, 
I want to tweak it some more before I like let somebody read it. It's like no, sometimes you got to get it out and you got to like make it like a step forward. And I think so. Is that publishing thing. it fully, or is that having other eyes on it and kind of having a vetting process? What is like? I think uh, definitely having other eyes on it, just getting people to to um, to give you feedback on it, but also like having aspirations, like you know, submit it to a competition, right? Or you know, tell people that this is what you want to do with it. You know, get get something out there and take steps to put yourself out there. And then things will start coming back for you. And I think it's the same way in like even that ultimate decision. Like, you know, definitely plan. Probably could have planned a lot better. But at some point you gotta like do something. You can't just keep in the same situation because you know, nothing's gonna change. Okay. How important to you was like goal setting and then from there just doing it. And those are two episodes that we have here on the podcast. So did you write down goals? Did you do like short, midterm, and long? Um, how did that all work out for you? I mean, I have to some, get to where you are right now, right? Like I def- for this project and even like pursuing your, your photography full time. I definitely, uh, I definitely planned out some of the goals, but I can say that's definitely not like my strongest point. Mm. Um, but just having, taking a moment to really think about like, okay, what do I like love to do? And whether you write that out in goal form or just, you know, you outline or internalize that Thing of like where you want to go, where do you want to be? Um, I think is important. You just have to be really honest with yourself and say like, what do I want to do, and what do I have to do to get there? Right. Um, I think that's probably probably the biggest thing. Okay. And I imagine you got a great support system around you to help you get there. Whether it's your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your girlfriend, what, whatever. Yeah, all the above. I mean, you know, my mom is a little more trepidatious about it. She said, you know, I don't know. Right. <laughs> but um, but she still has been, you know, supportive when she. Found out I was having a show. She was super excited, but uh, definitely, you know, have people that can believe in you. Have people that will like help you make sure you do what you have to do that you may not want to. Yeah. To to do those things, have like real support, not just like, oh, this is dope, and like walk away, but be like, that's dope. What are you gonna do now? Right. That's very very key, and and it, it's even tough sometimes, like having those like it's good to have those doubters because for me, I know that that fuels me and all the things that I do, but sometimes like. When you have that support of a family member or a loved one or somebody that you care about that's just kind of there to c- continue to put the battery in your back, it's mm-hmm. really, really important. You got to have that. Otherwise, there's enough negativity to drag you down. Right. So you got to have somebody to build you up. And I imagine your lady's just been super supportive with everything, right? She's awesome. Shout out to my mom. Right. <laughs> last question, uh, or last two questions. What would you say when you hear, when you hear Age of the Creative, like what automatically comes to your mind? For me, um, I just feel like a lot of the people I know uh, are in this sort of transition period and that some people are realizing like what they want to do mm-hmm. and are moving into something new or people are realizing what they want to do with what they're already doing yeah. and are like leveling up. So I think this is a very, this is a very transitional period with like a lot of my peers and it's inspirational because like a lot of people are taking these creative uh, things, even if it's within you know, a traditional corporate structure or something like that. They're taking these creative approaches to get to to express themselves and express their you know their dreams, their hopes, and their visions. Um, so that's definitely what I think of just like a turning point, whether it's turning into something new or turning like up, not like that turn. But right, yeah. right. That's it. <laughs> you can you can turn up. What does it mean to you to be creative? What does creativity mean to you? I think everybody's creative. You just gotta find an outlet for it and let it out. So for me, it's just finding the way to express that. So like I said, I love storytelling. So there's more that I want to do besides photography, but photography is an outlet for it. And I think that there will be other you know, things, but just you know, 
everybody's got some creativity within them to sort of figure out the way that you want to manifest it. Awesome, awesome. So this is running until Monday. Um, is there going to be a website with some of the images as well? Like where else can we find you at? What's your, what's yeah, your socials? You can check out, um, so my website is chevaliercreative.com. How do you spell that? C-H-E-V, that's in Victor. Somehow we always say that. Uh, A-L-I-E-R creative.com. Okay. Um, so later these images will be up on the website. Okay. And uh, you can check that out. And then I'm on Instagram at Chevalier Creative as well. And so it's Chevalier. I always saw it was Chevalier. 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 That's a little fancy. Yeah. Okay. Okay, dope. So at, at Chevalier Creative yep. is, is this on Twitter as well? Which... Uh, Twitter, I think it's Chevalier LB. Okay. So legal, legal boss, Chevalier yeah. legal boss. <laughs> <laughs> Dope. We'll have, we'll be sure to have the notes to the episode as well. Thanks, man. But I'm just really, really grateful for you joining me and even like you know considering me for the project and being able to have this dialogue, man. It's been very, very meaningful. Appreciate it. Um, Thanks for being part happy. of the project. Before. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Can we just give it up for Laurent Rope? <laughs> So again, guys, we're here in Harlem at uh, Le Maison d'Arts um, on 132nd Street between uh, Adam Clayton Powell and Frederick Douglass. The exhibit, A Life Well-Dressed by my boy Laurent and, and Michael Thomas, will be running through Monday. So be sure to come check it out. Be sure to follow Laurent on socials. I'll have those in the meeting notes, I mean, in the episode notes. Um, and then also, if you guys have any questions, any ideas, uh, any way that you guys want to work together or need any help, just don't forget to and don't hesitate to reach out at creative underscore Ian on Twitter, on Instagram, Ian underscore CD on Snapchat. And thank you guys again. And uh, until next time, we'll see you guys later. Thank you.